three to five years as PA. Yep, then yep, yep. maybe what would be next for in that producer AD kind of role? Going towards producer AD, I mean, if you're going into like first AD, you're looking at like, you know, seconding, second AD for a while. Yeah. You're there for a long time, and then first AD, and then you can become a producer that way. Is there such a thing as a key PA? Yeah, there is. Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a key PA. Some, is that their real name? Yeah, that's the okay. real name. It's okay. like lead PA or key PA, and okay. some some productions will, will have one. Yeah. But you know it's not necessary. Or if you go the other route, you can PA office PA, PCPM, you know, and then produce. Um, it's it's a long road, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people. Uh, how many how many years that is that? That's honestly it, it depends person to person, but I can't say on but average. Like an but industry <laughs> standard, like what if the industry had its way? Yeah, man, you're looking at like anywhere between three and ten years. Yeah, depending on. Your work ethic, you know, the, the situations you're in, that, exactly. Yeah, but it's it can be a long time. Yeah, man, that's that's just crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I, I love talking with James on this because it was one of the biggest things I pulled away from this was uh, everyone has their own path for sure. Yeah, um, like I mean, I, I said in the interview, like I was, I kind of just did like editing, coloring, then into DIT, mm-hmm. uh, and then from DIT straight to cam op slash like DP. Um, obviously, the size of productions have gotten bigger, yeah. but it's like uh, it, DIT was kind of my jump. And it kind of skipped that whole AC world. Um, yeah. Which was awesome, but it's like, to me, it was super interesting just listening to James talking about his kind of story coming up. Um, I think it's probably more relatable to you than to me, because in that producing role, uh, that's obviously I don't have any. I any mean, you knowledge. said it perfectly, though. We all take different paths in this industry. Listening to James was super relatable to me because I had the same process. You know, I started as a PA, office PA, and then I started coordinating, and then I had opportunities to manage and produce some stuff. I totally understand that path, and that's what a lot of people take. But it is very cool also to know that there's just so many different avenues that you can take. Yeah. Well, and then long term, uh, you'll hear towards the middle end, it's like he ended up not like he realized that maybe filmmaking wasn't the center of his life. Yeah. And that like family was something that was maybe something to put more on the forefront for him at the time. Yeah. And you'd you'd mentioned that before we started talking, you know, like that's so much of, you know, what we are is, is what we do and being able to, you know. It's that. well. It's really like <laughs> it's really working to live versus living to work. Is kind of it's like it, are you centering your life around your work, or is your work kind of just a part of your life? Yeah, that's a and great it's way just of putting one little it. Aspect. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think let's go ahead and just jump into it. Uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff, and we'll kind of recap some cool little golden nuggets at the end. That sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on today. Yeah. Uh, really enjoy having you on. And so for people that don't know you, James, uh, you're kind of, if you just want to give like a 30-second backstory, and then then we'll kind of expand it later. Sure. Um, so my name is James Williams. Um, I live in Frisco, Texas currently. Um, I have been in the entertainment business, started in 1996, um, and I'm still kind of got a foot in it for sure. Um, and I've I started as a PA and worked all my way all the way up. Produced um, film, TV, executive produced for several different production shops on the commercial side. And now I freelance 
produce and direct. Sweet. There's the 30 second. <laughs> yeah. So, um, gosh, where to start? I think let's just start with kind of, uh, so your main, your main thing was producing, executive producing, right? Like that was a main. Yeah, that's been the last 10 years of my life. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So as far as, I know you kind of, you, you, you were in LA. I, I've never actually heard the full story, kind mm-hmm. of just the trajectory of how, like, how you ended up in Dallas from LA and all that kind of stuff. Um, could you maybe just expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, I moved out, I actually dropped out of college um, my third year. Um, I was an art history major, I wanted to sell art, um, but uh, I just needed a break from kind of my life, and I went out to LA. Um, and with no kind of expectations of getting into business at all um, and just kind of fell into it. I literally had a friend that was a second AD and he was like filming around the corner from where I was staying. He's like, hey, why don't you come down uh, for lunch um, and just come and hang out and check it out. And so I went down, uh, had lunch with him and uh, it was like a really low budget horror movie uh, before horror. This was like direct <laughs> oh, to DVD. on those. This was like direct to DVD that was being sold oh. in Germany. Um, the uh, I do remember the director of it was the original director of Friday the 13th and uh, Winnie from The Wonder Years was in it Dan, Danny some, I, I, Winnie that's what I remember yeah um, so I'm like hanging out and I'm like man you guys get paid to do this kind of stuff this is pretty crazy <laughs> and uh, two hours into being just hanging out on set he's like just go stand by that truck right um, the LA sheriffs pull up and uh, they arrested the director and like handcuffed him and took him off the set. And I was just kind of standing around like, and every, everyone seemed fine. Like there was no like weirdness. And um, finally uh, my friend came over. And I was like, what, what's going on? And uh, he was like, oh, he didn't pay his child support. And I was like, oh, well, so what's going to happen? He's like, nothing. We just got to keep shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then he showed up like three days later the director. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I stayed on the job. I finished out the movie. And at that time, I was very young and very impressionable. And I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Like, I don't, I wasn't endorsing not paying your child support. But the fact that, like, something like that happened and a show just must go on kind of thing, I was like, I think I should stay in this business for a little bit. I don't know. At that time, <laughs> yeah. it just made an impression Some, on me. Something feels good here. Something feels good here. <laughs> uh, so I worked my way up the production ladder, uh, PA, I AD'd. Um, and then I got into production managing, line producing, producing. Um, I really just, that was my career trajectory. Um, in between, I tried everything. I worked at a, a talent agency. I did casting. Um, I had the opportunity to work with some really cool directors as their assistants. Um, and then uh, had the opportunity, a couple uh, colleagues of mine had the opportunity to work, uh, to get a job with Mark Burnett right after he had produced the first Survivor. And he just got all these deals with all these networks, and uh, so like right on the upward swing there. Yes, right, right there. And so, then, and then I met my wife. Uh, we we kind of met at the same time. Uh, my wife was an event producer in LA, and I had just got off this huge, huge show for CBS, and it just took a physical toll on me. I'd worked like sixty-two days straight. Um, we were down in the Caribbean, and. I was working on a boat, um, and so I would have to be up at five in the morning. We'd get done filming at like two in the morning, and then I was probably spending an hour and a half between two and five at the bar. <laughs> wow. And uh, I just kind of ran myself into the ground. 
Um, so I was taking a little hiatus. She uh, had a similar situation because event producing, you're working 22 hours a day. Yeah. Um, and we literally just met at the same time. We were trying to kind of heal physically and mentally from kind of what we had been through. Um, and she's from Dallas. And so in that process, it all of a sudden, we met, uh, we fell in love, uh, we got married, we had a kid, and we were like, we're in LA, oh my gosh, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so we came to Dallas. Yeah. And she was like, well, I'm from Dallas. I'd never been to Dallas, I'd never been to Texas. I grew up <laughs> on the East Coast and spent yeah. the majority of my life on the West Coast. And so, um, you know, I had a lot of preconceived ideas of what Texas was. Um, and the first time we came here, we went to meet her father in a city called Gun Barrel City. <laughs> and that didn't help with my preconceptions of what Texas was. Wow, we're doing this. Yeah. We're doing this. Uh, and we've been here now almost eight years. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been great. As far changed, as... Changed our life. Were you... <clears throat> were, I think I heard it through someone. Were you commuting for a while there, trying to go back and forth, or...? Yeah, so we moved out here, and there's no film or television. Obviously, that's it's not like Los Angeles, and yeah. so, um, but there is a market in the advertising world. I had really never done. I'd done like a, a Burger King commercial happenstance and a music video, um, but that was really not my focus. And um, you know, but I was like, production is production. So if there's work here, like producing a commercial, producing a TV show, producing a film, like process yeah. is process in my mind, um, and so. I just dove right into understanding kind of how the work was being done here, who the production companies were. I spent like the first year just kind of understanding all the nuances and inner workings of how even that world worked. Yeah. Um, but because I knew process from producing and had resources and could, um, I was able to get a job pretty quickly. And yeah, I was commuting Monday through Friday. Well. The first, first job I took, I was going every two weeks. So I'd fly out to LA, be two weeks there, fly back, be two weeks here. Um, and then I ended up taking a job where I was working Monday through Friday out in LA and I would leave Monday Monday morning and come back Friday afternoon. And um, that was that job was right after um, my third, our third son was born. And it was just brutal, brutal. What effect did that have on your family life, trying to do that? Uh, it had a tremendous effect. Um, uh, I don't want to share it all. I mean, it was it was really it had. I mean, obviously, there's an effect that it has on your kids because you're not seeing your kids. You know, um, there's only so many like FaceTimes you can do, um, and it had a quite negative effect on my wife and I's relationship. Because I would come home Friday and I was working my tail off, so I'm exhausted. She's home taking care of the kids and running her business. She's exhausted. Yeah. So we'd get literally one day of trying to eat, like recuperate together, and then the next day you're getting ready to leave again. And so it was it 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 was really bad for our relationship. It, yeah. it was a job. It was like a really great job. It was an amazing salary. Like it was a great position. Um, but it came at a huge cost. So after about almost a year, we decided, and we, we decided to take, you know, we decided when I took the job that that was the, the thing that we should do. You know, I wasn't like, I'm taking this yeah, job. Yeah, it wasn't You're, like a... Yeah, we, yeah. we talked about it. And then um, it just was having such a negative effect on our family that I quit yeah. the job. 
which a lot of people thought I was crazy for doing. Yeah, well, and that's, I, I ask all that just to go to, <clears throat> now you've transitioned into working with your wife full-time, right? Yes. Like most, for the most part, and yep. then you, you get to pick and choose your production projects that you actually, you work on. So it, to me, it's like, you've kind of made that shift where it's like, obviously not everyone has that same opportunity, but to me, there's, uh, I mean, she, she was supporting you for all that time. Like you going out to LA, you're doing all that, which is super cool. I feel like a lot of wives do that, but it's like, you made that hard decision, uh, to, to stop like to that your your wife, your family was more important. I think what that stood out to me so much. What's interesting to me now is like seeing just your life now. Like it look, it just seems phenomenal. Um, yeah, oh, thank you. It, the, the it was transformational for sure. Um, I think you know I had gotten advice early on in my career that you know it's really hard to have successful uh, marriage and relationships with your children being in the business. Um, I knew that. I watched. You know, people that I was close with, um, you know, when I was single and didn't have children, um, struggling with that. So I knew going into that as we got, as I got married and had kids, that this was going to be an uphill battle. Um, and then finally, yeah, I just, you know, it got to a point where I just felt I was giving up too much, um, yeah. which was hard, you know, personally to because you work so hard to get to that point and all of a sudden you're handed, you know, the job and all of a sudden you're like, well, this is what I've worked so hard for. This is what I put all that time and energy and, and your dues in for and you're handed like the title and the salary and you, it was just like, okay, what is it? I do this for the next 10 years and don't know who my kids are and yeah. um, really strain my marriage or... What's more important? And so it was It was a risk. Um, it was a personal kind of pill to have to be like, okay, because at first I was like, yeah, I can do it. But it was it was hard. You know, it's hard giving up that yeah. from a just, just a personal level. But yeah, it, as soon as that decision was made, um, it was amazing. It, cha- it completely changed yeah. our family life. It completely changed, uh, you know, my relationship with my wife. And it was really, for me, it was great to be able to, because she had been supporting me in my process, to really just turn around and support her and what she's doing. She's an amazing artist. Um, and as, as soon as like that decision was made, it took the pressure off of needing to needing needing a job, right? My wife's been incredibly successful, so the decision wasn't driven by like, well, I need to make money. Um, and all of a sudden, yeah, it was like weird. As soon as I made that decision, and you know, we got came back and was working with her um jobs started coming opportunities started coming my way and i was like yeah this is cool like i have creative freedom now to really like do i want to do that or do i not want to do it? it's not driven by like the fear of like well if i don't do that we're not going to have this yeah, or if i don't eat. do that yeah. i'm not going to get called again i think there's i think some people think about that too like well if i have to take it because of there's the list can be long of why you feel yeah. you need to take a job listening to your story for me what that resonated with is like on a practical level it to me, it said you don't have to follow a specific path. No. Like, there's no, even though, like, our culture has, I feel like it shapes you to be like, this is the way you have to go. Yeah. It's like, like, for me, I DIT'd and then went straight to, like, kind of DP camera op. Like, but I think for you, it was like, you just kind of were like, you know what? That's not the path that is right for me. And you just took your own path. And it's like you're happier now than you probably ever were producing. Oh, yeah. Like, you need to spend it home with your wife and be able to help her do her business and uh, uh, amazing things. And I'm 
Well, like, I remember I, I got to work with Mike Nichols um, for two years. And I remember when I first got the call for the job, I didn't even know who Mike Nichols was. Um, it's like, it was weird because I my trajectory, to your point, was like in the AD route world. I was already a second second. I was moving into key second. And this was like an assistant level job. And so the, the team of, when you're in the production world, you usually work with like a, a rotating group of team of ADs and they were all like, you're crazy to like take a job where you're going to take a step, like a giant step back. Um, Cause it was for like two years and which is forever in production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of days you miss. Um, but a, a trusted colleague was like, it's an opportunity that not many people get to work with someone at that level. Um, and so I did take it. And, you know, he was someone that really bucked the system in terms, you know, there's this thing like, well, you ha- if you want to be in the business, you got to be in LA. You got to do all these, things, all these things. And I remember him saying like, I don't work to live. I live to work. Like I dictate the terms now, obviously, when you're someone at that level, you know, it's easier. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you can say whatever you you can choose to be here in New York. You can choose yeah. never to, you know, X, Y, Z. But I also think it's just it's, it's understanding your value and your worth. Um, it's it's so easy to lose yourself and just say yes. Um, yeah. And I just didn't want to get to that point. Like, I, I it was it was unique and be able to see someone have the power to say no. I don't compare myself to someone like Mike Nichols, but just understanding like, hey, like I have to, the industry is going to take me and do whatever it wants, or I can draw the line. And I think most people are afraid to draw the line because they, if they say no, then they're going to get passed on. Maybe. Yeah. Or there's maybe some respect and some integrity in you saying no to certain things. Um, and, and really believing that if you have talent and if you know what you're doing, you're going to get work. You know, it doesn't yeah. always, you, just, you don't have to kill yourself to do it. And yeah. When <laughs> kind of so now hearing all that and hearing kind of your backstory, if, if you're cool, just talking about a little bit about Lauren's stuff and what you guys are doing because I think it's super cool. I've helped you guys make a few videos. I I love the brand. My wife really loves your guys's brand and everything you guys are doing. And uh, I kind of wanted to talk about. I mean, she's had tremendous success with social media, with creating a following, with like she. I mean, she shoots all of her ad, like all of her photos on an iPhone, but like. You guys sell out like, like what? What's your fastest sellout that you've done for an entire collection? Or I guess probably should describe. You do like a collection a month, just about, mm-hmm. right? Of like all these art pieces. Yeah. So my wife is Lauren Williams. You can go follow her at Lauren Williams Art. Um, I think the fastest we've sold out. I mean, we've always sold out in a day, but like in terms of like minutes, like the fastest was like pretty much under ten minutes. It was like thirty pieces. And that's crazy. Um, and there. And so yeah, she creates these. Uh, she calls them uh, canvases with movement. Um, I guess I like that little canvas, little dance that you did there while you. Uh... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, modern tapestries. Uh, they're wool suspended from uh, a really cool piece of walnut. Um, but she basically paints on them. She dyes on them and she creates these beautiful colorways um, and mixes and landscapes and abstracts. And um, so they're absolutely gorgeous. But um, yeah, so she, you know, I, part of what we talk about her success, she's been doing it for almost five years now, was she was really able to grow it organically. And because I was working, so this is like the trade-off, because I was working um, even during the time of the commuting, um, and was, you know, kind of bringing in the paycheck. She was really allowed to grow her 
her brand and her following super organically. Yeah. Um, and there was no stress about she needed she needed she didn't need to sell it. She sold it. It was great. It was like gravy on top kind of thing. But yeah. then it got to the point where, yeah, her artwork was selling more than I was bringing in. And she was like, well. If I'm doing this by myself, part time with the kids, like if you come help, imagine what we could do. You know, yeah, it's it's cool. We get to make some beautiful things. You have come up and shot some awesome stuff for yeah. us, which I absolutely love. Uh, and uh, it's just been it's just been amazing watching her success. Like I'm so proud of what she's done and been able to accomplish. And it's just so much fun being a part of that. And it's really cool that our kids get to see it because we our studio her studios at our house. So it's really cool. And it's very non-traditional, uh, but that our kids get to see that, you know, um, and yeah. see what hard work means, like firsthand. Is there anything that maybe you've learned through doing all this and building that brand and the audience and following, and like uh, even just kind of as you've been changing and all that stuff, uh, changing kind of career path slightly-ish, somewhat? Uh, anything that you'd have advice to give? Yeah. I- I mean, I think whatever you do, you definitely have to put all of yourself into. I think the hardest thing, um, you know, people are like, I have an idea and I want to try it, but they're juggling five other things. It's really hard for anything to be real and authentic if you're not giving 110% into it and you're pouring yourself into it. I also think people really resonate on, you know, with, with Lauren's stuff, I think what people really resonate is she's very real. Like there's a facade on social media that everyone talks about. It's always pretty. It's always this. Well, she's up there, and yes, she's putting up pretty pictures, but when she's struggling, she shares that. And I think, you know, her audience really connects with her authenticity about what she goes through every day um, and relates to it and is like, thank you for sharing that because I was thinking these things. And so she's like saying the things that everyone thinks about but doesn't want to share. And so, you know, if you're trying to build a platform in that way, whatever you're trying to do with social media, the the more real and authentic you can be with people, that you know, and you have to... Sh- kind of have to strip down a little bit, you know. Um, People really connect with that. They want to hear, everyone loves to hear the struggles, but they like to see that you you come out of it, you know. And so that's inspiring, you know, and people want to follow that because there's so many things out there that are pretty that you can follow, but what's, where's the depth? How far, you know, it's pretty shallow. Yeah. Um, You know, for filmmakers and people that want to get into the space, um, same thing, you you know, I, I came from, a time where you had to put in three to five year minimum PA years before anyone would even ask you a question or ask you your opinion. Um, And I think in this day and age where cameras are already available and and YouTube exists and anyone can make content and shoot their own thing, um, there is, you know, this like, well... I'm a director already, or I, I, I you know, yeah. it's like, and it, it's like, I'm not saying you're not, but I think if you have the opportunity to, uh, there's this idea that the technology some, makes you right, that role. right. I, I think, I think there's, it, it kind of, and, and some people are super talented, like, you know, oh, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. You should do that. You shouldn't ever stop doing that. You want to be a photographer, take pictures, right? You want to be a director, yeah. make, make, make stuff. But if you have the opportunity to come under, um, some, you know, more experienced, older people and, and just don't come to it with what you think. Just watch, you yeah. know? I mean, I think that's the best thing about being a PA really is you have the opportunity just to, you, you, there's no expectations. You don't, no one's going to ask you anything, which is great. You have no yeah. responsibility except maybe to make sure someone doesn't walk by the shot, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you really get to, to watch 
yeah. and learn. And, and I love I love being a PA because you can watch the camera department, you can watch the grip, the, the electric department, you can watch the, the costumes, the props, like everyone. Yeah. You get to see how every piece works. And it's awesome. Like yeah. I love the process because it is so creative and it's not singular. It's not one person. Yes, there's the director and yes, there's maybe the producer or there's some big name talent, but it's the workings of all these people working together. So you have to work well in the sandbox. You have to be yeah. willing to like play. And I completely and, agree there because it's that people will still ask me like, hey, do you still DIT? And it's like, yes, I will never say no to a DIT job unless there's just like no pay or something. But it's like, I love DIT because as soon as you start DPing, you don't get to work with other DPs. Well, there's just always opportunities to learn, you know, and I think that's something that, so, you know, people getting into it, I'm always like, hey, you know, take, take, take some time, yeah. learn. Like, I didn't go to film school. I don't necessarily think, I think there's a technical side for people that want to be more technical that film school is valuable. Yeah. But I think you can learn so much by observing. Like, I came up that way. You know, I didn't go to film school, but I learned by just watching and observing. And when the opportunity has, ask questions. And you find, like, people that will take you kind of under their wing and, and offer guidance, you know. Um, so I think anyone that has that opportunity, you know, in a, a smaller market or even going out to L.A., like, be open to the opportunities that you have. Um, say yes. Know when to say no, though. Yeah. Um, because, you know, especially... In a market like Los Angeles, um, they'll ask you to do everything, you know, and and there's this fear of like, don't, well then there's going to be, you know, repercussions for that. So yeah. um, everyone has their own moral compass, you know, you have to decide what, what boundaries you're willing to, you know, to go across to, to get the job. But I think, you know, staying true to yourself um, is pretty important and that was important for me and you know that obviously changed through marriage and having children and you know my wife and I you know one of the best things about moving here to Frisco is we found this amazing church um, and really you know got to be connected in a community of people that um, supported us um, and helped us grow spiritually which yeah. was awesome which really just kind of helped us refocus kind of our priorities as well you know and, and what was really important you know yeah. Uh, so one thing that struck me as just unique is that you guys still shoot everything on your iPhone. It strikes me as strange because I feel like there's so many people that the first thing they're like, okay, I'm going to start a business. I need to buy a new camera. Right. It's like Lauren, told, like she's not even on the latest or maybe she is now, but she wasn't for the oh, longest time. Yeah. No. And she gets all those questions like, what camera are you using? What tripod are you using? And yeah. she's just like, she just, if, on her stories today, she literally was like, because she gets so many questions like, how? How are you shooting these? And she's yeah. shooting it, and I'm like, you're just, you're, you're at, you should be sponsored by Apple right now because they put these <laughs> big billboards up, like shot on an iPhone, and you're like, yeah. no way was that shot on an iPhone. Well, it's well, been it was, retouched. It was with an iPhone, <laughs> with a retoucher, with a lens adapter in front, and yeah. like a twenty thousand dollars cinema lens. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So she shoots everything on her phone, even product photos, and uh, it just looks great. You know, she's yeah. come up with just a system that works for her, but. Yeah, it's she gets asked a lot of technical questions. Like literally today was like, "Have you heard? Do you use a ring light? Do you?" And she's like, "I open up my garage door and let yeah. the natural light come in." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I just changed our fluorescent bulbs in the garage to LEDs, and she's like, "This is amazing," because <laughs> it's just like even light now. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know what's crazy is, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities. People think they need so like musicians, you know, oh, I need all this 
this tech, it's like, just do it, you know? You don't need a fancy camera. Just take the picture on your phone. She doesn't know Photoshop. She uses like this like app that lets you just like do like, she's like scrubbing color <laughs> yeah. correcting around it. And it looks great. And people are always like, how do you do this? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know Photoshop. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, literally, but she takes the picture and then she can like scrub it with this app and like, do like, and she doesn't filter. She doesn't do filters because that was a big, with art, that's a big thing. Like you can't change the color yeah. of the actual art. But around, like she touches up the walls and everything and she can add. All oh, the just, holes that are in the walls yeah, from the other yeah, art. Yeah. It's <laughs> just done on these like little apps, you know, that are yeah. on her phone. And yeah. it's, it's remarkable. Um, but we're really happy when you come up with your big fancy camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we shoot 8K. Well, I just think it's, I think it's so cool because it's, for, for me, from a practical standpoint as a filmmaker, it's like, okay, like, she has all these followers. You are incredibly successful. It's the content that matters. Yeah. It's not the... It's it, One, it's good quality anyways. But it's like you're not using some like $5,000 setup to take it. You're not in a studio. You're in your garage in a wall that you painted. You know what I think is is there's consistency. I think when people... And, and I've, I've heard Lauren say this to people that are like, how do I start my social media following? Um, she's built her her brand identity, yeah. but she stays true to that. She stays consistent. Like if you start just throwing random things up, then the feeds get kind of cluttered and people are like, yeah. well, I don't know who this person is because one day they posted this, the next day I don't even know what that is. So um, yeah, you don't need to overcomplicate it. I think you just, there's there's a lot of action that just needs to happen. You just need to yeah. do it, you know? Or I feel like and that's believe more it than too. just social media. Yeah. It's really anything you're doing with work. And, and she's her hardest critic. So, yeah. you know, if she's not happy with it, she's not going to post it. Um, and so I think there's there's a line there too. Like, don't put, don't do something that you're not 110% believe in because people can see through that. Yeah. I think people really resonate with that. Well, do I believe this? Is this real? It's a day and age where there's just so many easy ways. And I believe that it's not about being easy or, or quicker or faster. It's just like just doing it right, you know, and taking the time and yeah. and being true to yourself in that process. You know, there's no there's no fast way to do anything. There's no there's no way to cut corners. Then um, people see that and they're like, well, they just did it this way or hey, they, it's like, you know, that doesn't that doesn't mean it's the right way. But yeah, and there's usually a, for every story like that, there's like five years leading up to that point before right, you ever right, saw them. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's yeah. So that, that was my last thing is like, you know, for people that want to get into the, this business, um, you know, film, entertainment, you know, commercials, like it's a, it's a career choice. Like you have to put, you have to be willing to put in the time, you know, um, you're, you're, there's no fast way to do it. Now there, you can make a, a, and you might not, you know, you might be happy just making videos and putting them on YouTube or putting them, like, great, you know, own that, do that. Um, but if you want to get into the upper levels and really grow, like you've got to be willing to put that time, you got to be willing to put that time in. It's, but it pays off, you know, if you're willing to listen, you're willing to work hard, um, you know, you, you can, you can get some, you get to do some really cool things, travel and yeah. experience things. And really, I, I always like in blown away, like, you know, you can make a really good living, you know, doing what we do. Um, it's so cool that people, that the industry pays people to do what we do, what we do when you think about how many people don't get paid and they're doing way more important things <laughs> than we do. <laughs> so, you know, don't, yeah. I, I just say be thankful, you know, that we have these opportunities. Um, 
and you can make a make a wage doing it and get to see and, and participate in something really cool. But if you're not creative, if you don't like to work with other people, <laughs> probably not the place. If you want to be like the person in charge all the time, probably not the business for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's all about being a servant and letting it. Uh, yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much. Great. It was great getting to catch up. I really enjoyed that interview. I think for me, particularly, I related it to it. I related to it a lot. You know, the the whole moving up in the industry, the whole marriage and having to deal with working and having like a partner. For me, um, more recently, I've been traveling a lot, which means you know my wife has been at home a lot and she's working. She's taking care of the house. I come home from trips exhausted. You know, she's been working here and also taking care of the house and she's exhausted. You know, how do we find time to work on our relationship, keeping it strong when we have so many other, you know, focal points in our life? You know, I thought that part was uh, extremely relatable and it was really nice listening to somebody who's gone through that and decided that, you know, family is really important to me. I'm I'm not going to jeopardize that. I'm going to focus on focusing on that. Yeah. Well, and you're even doing like other things kind of like, granted, it's not exactly your wife doing it, but it's like you're doing like your woodworking stuff now. Yeah. And it's like starting that up and just kind of slowly letting that organically grow on the side. Yeah. Another little passion of yours. Exactly. And and he talked about, you know, again, not do, not having that be like the focal point of your life. And now he helps his wife, uh, Lauren, a lot with her, her business. You know, if, if you have a chance, go check her website out because it's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. She does awesome work. And now that's one of his passions is helping her. You yeah. Know? I think it's really cool, everything that he's done. And I think one of the cool things for me is that he was brave enough to step out of filmmaking, out of that world. It's hard and it's tough, I think, for a lot of people to even consider doing that. Yeah, because it, it's easy to associate your filmmaking with your identity. With who you are. and it, Yeah, because exactly. you pour so much of your life into it. I mean... I don't even. I don't want to throw out a statistic of how much, but <laughs> it's like we. It's easily more than forty hours a week, like mm-hmm. more than a full time job that we're pouring into this uh, every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's half of what we think about. Always. I'm, I don't know about for you. You're probably thinking about like budgets and call <laughs> sheets, or I don't know something. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it's like I mean, like storyboards, moods, like lighting diagrams, like yeah. Always thinking about these different things. Yeah, and outside of that, it's thinking about the work you have and when you don't have work it's thinking about how you're going to get more work you yeah. know so it's, it's always something that's on your mind and you know just yeah really commend um james for yeah it, it was cool just how brave he was to step away from that and then it, really just realizing his identity wasn't like he i mean he was i wouldn't say he was at the peak but he was he was like really doing well where he was like if he would have just stayed in that position like i mean he he said he was on Survivor. He was on a few other shows. Yeah, all these cool shows. Yeah, well, I was like, that's like right at the point you want to be at. And something that stuck out to me is that when he said he quit that LA job, a lot of people thought he was crazy. Yeah, you know, like I think again that says a lot about you know just the industry we're in. Yeah, it's everyone expects you to give your whole life to it, and if you aren't, then you're just not passionate enough. Yeah, or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, and some people choose to live that way. 
and there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. You know, like if, if that's what you're that's what you're doing, then you know, kudos to you as well, because that's also hard. The question though is just asking yourself, are you doing it out of fear, like of losing your like who you are almost? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing it because you're genuinely passionate about it? Yeah. And that's genuinely what you want to do. That's a good question. I feel like people end up having to answer and try and find, you know, the answer to that. Yeah. I feel like there's a few other golden nuggets in there as well. Um, we'll call it this dead space. Dead space. Dead space. <laughs> he had a lot of really good sound bites, good little quotes about basically just your passions and whatever you're passionate about, just making sure to give 110% to it. He talks a lot about his wife, Lauren, about how he might, how he respects her so much for just all the work she puts into it and work that is really high quality but not super like high production value you know like yeah. she uses her phone you know to do in the all garage in the garage like yeah <laughs> I thought listening to that was really cool as somebody who also is wanting to start like their own side hustle like sometimes I feel like I do fall under that trap of like oh man like I don't have this I don't have this like I would be able to start way better if I had XYZ you know, like this camera yeah. or this set or whatever. Listening to that again was really touched me as like, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I don't need all that stuff. Like, yeah, you know, if you want to start like your own business or if you want to be like in the film industry, just do it. Yeah. You know, like you, there's avenues and you just got to get out there and do it. And when I first started doing that side stuff, it's like, like doing little side things. I enjoyed it. It was like, at first I was a little bit afraid yeah. that like, because I was doing that, I meant I didn't love filmmaking as much anymore or something. But I realized how much more just perspective it gave me not always being in filmmaking world. Being able to step back, take a moment, and then jump back into it. Yeah. It's like you came in with, fre- like, I feel like every week then I'm able to come in with a little bit of fresh perspective. Like when I'm just zoning out, getting away from filmmaking for a little bit, and then coming back to it. That's a great point. I totally agree with you. I think it makes me appreciate it like what I do have with filmmaking. Yeah. You know? well, especially with like woodworking, you're able to do something with your hands where you don't get to do that with, uh, I mean, with filmmaking, it's like, it's not really like something that you can hold in your hands when you're done with it. Yeah. It's like, hey, check out this link I sent. <laughs> like, it's, I, there's just something different. Yeah, exactly. But cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, helping me intro outro and make this podcast possible, Michael. It's always a pleasure. Again, it was so such a good conversation that you had with James is super relatable I hope to work with him at some point and uh, yeah great job man yeah I'm excited for this uh, next one coming up uh, about making time for things that matter in your life Um, it's a really cool talk with Kirby Anderson uh, super chill guy cool Um, I'm excited to share that one too (laughs) 